Welcome to Meet an African Pastor podcast. My name is Anthony Seitzma, and in this podcast, I interview different African pastors so that people around the world can hear about what their lives are like and pray for them. And most importantly, this gives all of us an opportunity to learn from the African church. Thank you for listening. Welcome everyone to the podcast again. I'm here with my friend Edgar. We haven't seen each other in a few years, but Edgar used to be my pastor when I lived in Kenya, and uh, I was probably not a very good church member because I mostly just showed up on Sundays while I was uh, busy with other ministry, but Edgar was very patient with me and really appreciated my time with him. And I'm grateful to reconnect with you again today, Edgar. And we're going to be looking at a topic of a diverse church, church with different people from different ethnicities, uh, maybe different languages, cultures, and talk about the challenges and the blessings that that brings. So, Edgar, as we start, can you first just share more about yourself, your family, and your and tell us a little bit about the church and where you're located? Mm. Well, thanks, Anthony. Thanks for inviting me, and uh, it's good to uh, touch base again. Um, so, I'm, my name is Edgar King. Uh, it's interesting. I just, I just had an issue with the with the U.S. visa consulate because um, my surname uh, at some point my my passport read a different surname because you know. How weird! How weird it must be for a Kenyan to have a uh, so that kind of surname, Edgar King. Well, anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. My name is Edgar King. I I live in Nakuru, Kenya. Um, uh, grew up here. Left for just a few years. Uh, when I was pursuing my undergraduate and um, did some work away from Nairobi. And then 10 years ago, actually, uh, um, there was a church plant happening in back in my city with the movement I serve in, the Vineyard Movement. And I was part of the national leadership. So I came out to meet the pastor and go, hey, how could we help you? And on the way, I kind of had a sense, oh, I might be moving back here to be part of this church plant. And on the meeting with him, he felt, oh, I, I think this guy could be a great fit for this church. And so that's how I moved back here. But yeah, so uh, that was 10 years ago. We planted uh, Trinity Vineyard, which I now lead. Um, my I grew up as a pastor's kid. My dad uh, uh, planted um, one of the first vineyards here in Kenya, also in the same city of Nakuru. Uh, so it's been interesting to... to um, grow up around church, love the church, hate the church, love the church again and serve it and um you know wrestle with 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 all the questions that 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 come up uh with that kind of life and and even just with with um a personal pursuit of following Jesus. Um, so currently, I am the lead pastor of Trinity Vineyard, which is part of the Vineyard Movement, um, and I also serve as the national director for the Vineyard Movement here in Kenya. Okay, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us more about 
the church i mean you've said where it's located and and so forth but like uh what is what is the composition of people like what kind of backgrounds are they from what kind of ethnicities yeah. uh tribes yeah. um and you know just for, for i think for people listening to be good to think about how is your church similar or different from other Kenyan churches? Um, and you can yeah. answer that the way you want, but I think it's a little bit uh, different from a lot of them and it'd be good to share more about that. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, it's, it's sort of a medium-sized church or maybe small. I think small to medium-sized, uh, 150 people, um and at, at the highest point of uh, well highest point of like at some point uh, there were 11 different nations from across the world uh, all gathered in in that tiny tent we meet in a in a wow. tent mm-hmm. um and so that's cool es- especially for the city of nakuru uh, the the city of nakuru is not as uh, as diverse as as our capital, so for eleven different nations to be meeting in one room, that that was quite exciting, um, and also uh, all well. This is uh, so uh, so many. So Kenya has f- over forty different people groups with very very distinct. <laughs> uh languages and cultures and therefore you know that often here impacts politics and sometimes impacts the church people go to so it's also good to see all all um as many different tribes in Kenya gather in that room um people of very diverse uh, uh theological backgrounds because it was we we uh, from the onset of planting we were intentional to to make the cultural bar of entry very low um, in that sense. Uh, um, we have people from from even different theological backgrounds because they felt, oh, this feels like home. This feels safe for me. So uh, immigrants from other parts of the world that are working here, you know, either as missionaries or working for an NGO or uh, would would feel like, oh, okay, this this feels like home. It's what in other parts of the world has been called um, international churches. I personally shy away from that um, uh, uh, from that term. Um, I find I think sometimes it 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 creates more trouble than than the good it, it we intend. Okay. But yeah, so. Uh, um, so we'd have people who, when they were back home, um, from whichever country they were in, they would be attending an Anglican church or a Catholic church or just different streams of faith, um, here, uh, we have ex, uh, former Muslims who, uh, have found faith and they, uh, they felt, oh, this is a safe place to, begin to slowly follow Jesus or even, you know, just the, the physical safety, because in some cases it's actually a bit, um, their lives are at risk. And so, um, that's been, that's been cool. Yeah. Um, also demographically maybe. So 
it's now beginning to change. So for the for for a lot of the ten years we've been in existence, in existence, it's had uh many people probably sixty five percent, sixty five seventy percent would be between uh, in their thirties and twenties. Now um we're beginning to see uh um that beginning to mix up a lot more and more families join in. So interesting new season. You mentioned that you counted the number of nations. Did you ever count the number of different tribes represented in the church or would that not be a good thing to do? Um, but I'm just curious about that diversity. Mm, I actually never did count the number of tribes, but it was, yeah, I, I could because we we kind of can tell from from how people speak mm -hmm. uh what tribes are from and I could tell it's it's as mixed as 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 it can get do you do any uh translation or is it all in one language no it's all in one language I think that's that's part of the that's part of the 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 things uh people have to wrestle with anytime they're in a cross-cultural community um what language to be used it it felt that english was the uh common denominator um however over time something we are honestly still wrestling with is um we have you know um probably 15 people who who come that aren't as proficient in english so it's it's a question we're wrestling with as a team what do we do about that have uh, you ever yeah. thought about kiswahili instead of english uh, or is english more of a unifier it felt that english was more of a unifier uh, uh you know because um whether someone's from a francophone country or a spanish speaking country if they've moved to kenya they probably are uh, have some um mastery of the english language to be able to just even uh transact everyday business um kenya uh, has two official languages english and swahili so it felt that english was a unifier but that but that's just one side of it um the a big conversation we had early on was you know what what does what should our song part of worship look like because you know people sing in the language of their heart and yeah. mm -hmm. at the very beginning at the very beginning i think we did and i was the worship pastor then so it was totally on me. But at the very beginning, we heavily did um, um, Western-style contemporary rock music. Um, and, you know, I just started asking myself, what does it mean for um, God to have invited us into an adventure that included planting a church in the middle of, of, of Kenya? It really cannot and should not feel like we're somewhere in California or, or you know somewhere else. Um, 
And so that began informing uh, the kind of, the, the way we built our worship sets. Um, even as I, so I, I, I do, a, I, I speak a good amount of the time at Trinity and I would probably use language the same way I use it every day. You know, it's a mix of English and Swahili. I would sometimes say proverbs in Swahili. Uh, so to make it, uh, to make sure that we're, we're faithful to, to the reality that, that God has us planted in the middle of Kenya and that should mean something. Yeah. Yeah. So do you sing any songs in Swahili or just English? Oh, a lot of songs in Swahili. Okay. A lot of so in Swahili. Yeah. Mix. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Have you, uh, okay, so you have the Swahili songs. I'm just kind of thinking about uh, the style of music, but I guess mm -hmm. if you're singing Swahili songs, you must be doing music that's also in a more contextual style for those songs anyway. Yeah. Yes. Um, so some of them would be translations of, um, you know, songs that were originally in English. Um, but some of them would be uh, just African songs in the public domain, and therefore the style from the beginning is 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 very Kenyan. Some of them are bilingual, which kind of helps also represent uh, the kind of community we are. Um, it's been beautiful. Uh, our worship pastor love him dearly george was such a gift so uh while i'm a musician i'm not as versatile as as he is but he is excellent at just uh uh uh, uh doing different styles of music and so it's been beautiful to to have him embody what we what what we feel we've been called to be and and he's even written songs uh, uh, um, written songs that we use in our community that um are bilingual and the style is also a mix of the different cultures that that we find ourselves together that's great yeah well we'll get into some of the blessings and challenges of leading such a diverse church but before that can we just briefly talk about what is your part in the church what is your ministry from day to day from week to week what what kinds of or like what's your role what what are kinds of ministries are you doing as the pastor mm. well um one of our biggest uh dream in how to um join god in what he is doing in the kuru and love our city was to uh have a business hub um not not just to not just for supporting the church financially but but actually providing a place where the city feel like they are welcome regardless of uh, a religious background or you know any other stuff so we run a a, co a, a business hub called agora you know, taken from the Greek idea of the center of the city where 
philosophical debates would happen, commerce would happen, um, uh, spiritual debates, uh, the temples would be there. And so we want uh, the what God has given us to be a place for our city to come uh, work, play, create, and find God. So it it has um, a co-working spaces, some office spaces. We have an art hub. Uh, we do uh, some painting trainings from time to time. Uh, and even the church hall, we, we uh, avail it as a community hall for different groups of people. So that's been a beautiful way for our church community to serve and love this country and to keep inviting people to the reality that um, uh, the life of faith is not a Sunday only thing. And the life of faith is not just singing with tears in your eyes and, and then going home. No, it, it, it has to then um, uh, overflow into business and play and uh, political discourse and all that stuff. It's got to be the way we live every day. Um, we also, uh, the second thing that really excites me is, is our mercy ministry. Um, and, you know, I, I remember one day walking into our compound and some guy was laying there and he said, you guys came and visited me in prison. And we had actually just gone to, to this prison visit with, uh, a friend of ours who was part of our leadership team, but he was also running prison ministry. So it wasn't even Trinity led. It was, you know, this guy's part of Trinity. So we're doing it together with them. But he remembered us from that point And he said, and you told me when I'm released, I could come here. And so I have come. And so seeing that the the compound even feels like a living room for the city, You'll often find hungry people just come in. There's a little cafeteria where we could uh, make a, a, a quick meal for some of them. Sometimes they just come in to rest in the shade, um, uh, to be able to participate with God uh, in justice, you know, where some people don't have access to school or don't have access to hospital bills, uh, can't pay their hospital bills. And in small ways to be able to do that, um, every week we give a couple of food bags away. So that's that's exciting and challenging at the same time because you never have enough. And then it's there are always questions of, is this sustainable? <laughs> how much can we scale it up? Or, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so how are you spending I'm, your time and all of that? Are you, um, uh, and you're the main preacher also, you said? Mm -hmm. So far, I've been speaking around uh, 60% of the time, but I'm, I'm going to, because of my other roles, there's need for me to scale that down to around 40%. Um, and thankfully, we have a huge team. Well, not huge, but we have a, I, I feel like there's a strong team because after all, they're doing a lot more of the work. <laughs> now that I'm traveling a bit more. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm meeting my teams. 
once every week and then uh, as a group and then um, with a few key leaders uh, individually through the week because I find there's value in just uh, trying to raise leaders and pour into them and it actually also lightens the load uh, and just all, I find now that my my job is mostly just uh, 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 watching my leaders navigate uh, a lot a lot of the actual stuff um pastoral care I'm available at the office and which for for us so far I so far it's just been people walk in and you know they see my red car and they go oh the pastor is here can I go and see him uh sometimes they need to go I can't do it now because I'm actually trying to write the sermon um then participating i personally participate in a community group or small group as as it's called in other places um and so that's what it kind of looks like week to week mm -hmm. yeah so it sounds like a lot of very fulfilling and good ministry is is happening that's really encouraging mm -hmm. uh let's get back to now looking more at the specific aspect of of the diversity um mm -hmm. maybe we can start with what are some of the things you find to be real blessings to you mm. personally and to the church with, with having such a diverse uh, group of people? And then we'll get to the challenges, but let's uh, talk about yeah. the blessings first. Yeah. Um, I have often said, uh, and this first part will sound, uh, you know, just like a, a a spiritual statement but uh it's it's a glimpse of it's a glimpse of uh what life on the other side of heaven looks like you know every tongue tribe and nation and so we're getting to experience just a glimpse of of uh of what god is bringing into fruition um in the fullness of time and with with different cultural backgrounds when we come together, together, I think there's just a wealth of experience, a wealth of of um, of ways of thinking and doing things that I think make us make each one of us the better for it. Um, you know, any any single thing you you could imagine. Um, Americans think about it differently from the Brits and the Brits from the Kenyans and the Kenyans from the South Africans. So every single thing you could imagine uh, because uh, of all the people God has brought together into this community, everyone who's open has a moment of going, oh, I, I didn't realize that. I didn't see that. Uh, and also everyone has the opportunity and, you know, this is something we've got to pastor well, has the opportunity to say, and guys, I have this to bring to the table. This is how we do it. This is how we think about it. Um, and, and it also adds even into uh, our spiritual formation, you know, uh, Paul talks about um, uh the manifold wisdom of God being fulfilled uh, 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 as 
the Gentiles are being added to the to the Jews. Like, and that was part of the diversity they had to deal with in the early church. There is something of God we get to see because we are with who would be the other. You know, there's something of God we get to see. And mm-hmm. and I think at some level it 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 were it uh it forms part of our spiritual formation. I I don't think and and you know we we cannot create something that isn't there. And maybe we'll talk about that in the challenges. But if 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 a city or if a town has five different people groups of whatever kind, there's something of God that any church would miss if if all the five people groups are not welcome. It's one thing if 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 they don't come, you you can't push that. But but if the door is closed for any of them. There's something of God that is being missed there because there are things, assumptions that get challenged in us. In a Kenyan context, assumptions around tribalism get really challenged when you decide to sit and love um, uh, people from different tribes. And it is important in our formation. Um in a multicultural context, like we are also having in, in terms of um, different races also, there is something that gets challenged in all of us about, about the, the lies of racism that, that help us all grow and, and, and formation happens in that regard. Um, and then the third thing is, I think it's a cool thing that a little church in the crew gets gets the opportunity to live out the the mandate in acts uh you know being god's witnesses here near and far because you know we in in little ways we get to impact people who then move back to their countries in italy or or they go to work in new york and we've we've been able to participate in in small ways in what god is doing there and and that's that's been cool. Yeah, very mm-hmm. good. Um, I like how you you look not just at the the easy, pleasant blessings to notice, but the ones that are more difficult, but even deeper blessings like spiritual formation and mm-hmm. changing our character. You know, those are not mm-hmm. always easy, pleasant things to go through, but in the end, mm-hmm. you see how much it was beneficial for you yeah and the glimpse of heaven thing is is not just a cliche i mean i i say that from being part of many diverse churches in my life and it 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 it's showing the world something different than what people experience Mm. in the world you know Mm -hmm. it's like it this is only because of christ that all these people are together in the same Mm -hmm. room praising god and Yeah. yeah it is a beautiful thing yeah um but you know with the beauty there are there are some challenges. Um, yeah. Tell us about. I was going some to add one challenge. more thing to. The oh yeah, challenge. go ahead, go ahead, please. And um, you know, the the reality is, I, I, and I I think I think the world is beginning to grapple with globalization and what that means, and and there there's some very good conversations to be had there. Yet, if we're honest, there's been 
there's been huge benefit in in just globally uh people adding to one another and i th- and i see the blessing even for for different members of our church community having to experience a bit of the whole world uh in our little church community it it expands um it expands the 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 world view for so many both kenyans and non-kenyans in a way that actually does set them up better to engage with the world um yet and and considering our spirituality is meant to be lived out in the world i think that's a cool thing yeah that's definitely true too i i've run into people having arguments in their churches about different things and thinking to myself if they had a more awareness of the church around the world uh they might not be having this this fight mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, if you get so isolated and you, you don't you don't know what's out there you don't know about the rest of the church around the world or even just the rest of the world um yeah. Yeah, you can be really much more close-minded in your views and just, you know, not sinful, but just ignorant of, you know, what what other ways are out there. And so it's just a beautiful thing to learn from other people's perspectives. It opens up your mind. And yeah, I agree. That's really good. So let's uh, head to the challenges. What do you think? What are some of the (laughs) struggles? Uh they they range i think from simple ones uh like you know the conversation we had earlier what language do he use primarily uh, um to what does it mean to be planted in kenya you know it, it cannot feel it should not feel at least that's my conviction it should not feel like uh uh, like a church in London, it isn't, you know. Uh, uh, so yet you do have uh, people from all those parts of the world in the room, and you know, if, uh, human beings we have a tendency to navigate to the familiar, uh, so it feels it feels like, and maybe this is just human experience generally but it feels like there are always tensions uh <laughs> to be properly navigated i personally uh, uh 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 believe tensions are a good thing not you know uh, you know cuz tension could communicate other things i just mean that the like not being comfortable and and in a situation where it's neither A or B and, and so both and kind of thing. I think tensions are a yeah. good thing for growth. Um, I think you, yeah, you're, you're yeah. talking about tension between, uh, let's say, for an example, like prioritizing time management versus relationships. Yes. You're, not, you're not talking about like people feeling um, anxious. Unsafe. Are unsafe, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, uh, you know, uh, for example, 
you just mentioned the thing about time. Uh, we always, always, I think I'd say 90% of the time we start on time. Because <laughs> um, uh, it's for some people that's very, very important. But for other cultures in the room, it's like, but we came to church. And then, uh, and and then uh, for other cultures, it's it's let's sit together and oh let's have tea. But others are just like no, we've finished church. I'm out of here. Um, so the, it it's begun to feel like at least for me, we always start on time. The end is always debatable. It's never too long, but you know the end is always debatable because oh yeah. Uh, look, a bunch of people just walked in after s song two, but they also want uh, part of, you know, to be fully part of the experience. Or, you know, just another tiny one. It's like uh, how we view personal space changes from culture to culture. Um, I noticed that uh, for some Western cultures, you you don't. Like when you're talking to someone, there's an, there's enough space in between uh, the the two of you. For my culture, we're in your face, and you know we're just like, hey, how are you? And you know someone's touching you and holding your hand a little too long. Those are real things that sometimes, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, someone felt they. They're not sure they want to sit on this side of the church or or they're not sure they want to show up at church again. Um, so that's some uh, those are on the lower end of things on the uh, it gets a bit more interesting to navigate when. Um, when we are unaware of uh, tribal and and um, racial, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, prejudices that we might all carry and they begin to play out or, or the assumptions that they're playing out begin to happen. What do you do in that case, in, in those cases? Because some of those have real, they have the the real potential of really hurting the church or hurting individuals in the church. Um, earlier in the in the in our conversation, I mentioned the reality that you know we all get to play, we all bring something to the table, and um, you know, power dynamics are real and power dynamics related to race dynamics are very, very real. I think sometimes uh, we don't want to accept that because of the demands it lays on us about what to do. Um, and so I've sometimes noticed part of my job is, is to tell um, cultures that often take the backseat for both cultural and racial reasons. Part of my job is to go, no, 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 you get to play. No, 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 you, you belong here. And, and telling cultures that are, you know, traditionally just boisterous and yes, we bring, we, 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 we want to bring everything to the table to, to, to say, okay, okay, great, great. Could you wait just a moment so that, so that 
so something happens here so that we all actually get to experience this together. Uh, so that's some of the dancing we've got to do together. Um, uh, Maybe before you go on to another challenge, yeah. I, I, yeah, I really get what you're saying. And I imagine the number of foreigners at your church who are who have moved from their countries of origin to minister mm. or to mm -hmm. help. These mm -hmm. are uh, very probably driven people who want to get a lot of things done and have leadership yeah. positions. And yet yeah. we're in a kind of neo-colonial context where, yeah. you know, the horrors of colonialism are still uh, with us in, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, in people's minds, that history. Um, and so how, how do you, you're kind of you're getting into it you know encouraging people yeah. to to slow down a bit but i just imagine your church you know versus other churches where maybe they have one foreigner coming let's say um your church might be even more difficult to to mm -hmm. manage that um yeah. i'm just, yeah anyway anything that you can share on how how you've helped everyone in the church both um the Kenyans not to feel uh, inferior, helping the foreigners not to feel superior. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's been good to, I, I, I feel that I have equity with, with the church community and, and they love and trust me. So it's been good to be able to use that equity um to speak about some of these things from from the front and 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 that matters the leaders who have equity and and leadership should talk about these things publicly um because there's something about um hearing the same thing said by two different people someone you trust and someone you're cautious about um, and so even in the places where we all struggle, because I think it's, it's a human heart issue in the places where we all struggle, we are more ready to hear a conversation from the people with equity and the people we trust. And so, it, uh, we cannot abdicate that responsibility as leaders. Then, um, uh, it's also good to to constantly I, 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 I find myself having to say not everything is about race because <laughs> I uh, yeah that's good too mm -hmm. yeah I I find that the world is in a place where one of the one of the things the enemy is trying to do is put everyone at odds and so, we found ways of further dividing ourselves and and just seeing everything through that the uh, the particular lenses we've chosen so in this particular situation to go actually not everything is about race you know sometimes people are just trying to engage and and it's not that it doesn't come with the racial baggages but but you know so if i think about um you know my engagement with you uh we 
we're both just trying to work things out together, you know, and when you were here, I came to your house, I visited where you work, you spoke at Trinity once, like, what if, what if we also give each other a lot of grace and just go, you know what, uh, Edgar is just trying to be human, Edgar is just trying to be human following Jesus, and he will make mistakes, and for me to go, Anthony's just Anthony's is trying to be human and following Jesus. And we will both, both of us will make cultural mistakes. But if there's a friendship about us, if there's a friendship between us and we decide that we'll give each other grace, then when you do make that cultural mistake, not if, when you do make that cultural mistake, I can laugh about it and say, okay, Anthony, no one ever says that here, you know? <laughs> Uh, like when, when I have friends visit um, uh, uh, for the first time and, and you know, they've bought, they've bought a book that says Kenyans greet each other saying jumbo. I'm just going, actually, no one does, you know? Um, but it's, it's that place of, of crediting each other's accounts that will, will help us navigate uh the the harder things um and and then thirdly in all honesty there's some private conversations that need to be had to you know pull someone aside and say hey i don't know what was happening there and go and i'm not sure you realize what impact it had on x and y um so yeah a, a bit of Talking about it boldly, just what I'm thinking about now, talking about it boldly by those who are who've been given leadership and have equity, and then inviting people to a place of curiosity and compassion, I find is really helpful because it's a human heart problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's really encouraging, Edgar. I I just love especially the idea of you know, living in God's grace first and then showing that grace to to others mm. um that just seems like a much healthier way to handle these issues than what is commonly talked about um yeah thank you very much for that what about another kind of uh conflict on theological differences we, we mentioned that earlier yeah. um yeah i think of let me just mention a few things you don't have to talk about all of them but i think about issues yeah. like that denominations div divide over, like on women as pastors or in leadership, um, baptism, spiritual gifts, sexuality, yeah. mm -hmm. which just contains a number of topics. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe end times issues aren't quite as uh, much of a conflict these days. But um, anyway, some of these denominational differences um, uh, another big one might be uh, kind of Calvinism and Arminianism, your view of salvation, mm -hmm. whether you can lose it or mm -hmm. not. Anyway, so some of these differences, you said that people are basically welcome from any uh, background yeah. that they have. And so how are you dealing with conflicts that arise theologically? And is your, I guess the first question would be, is your approach as a church to just kind of focus on the majors and leave open some of those other issues. Mm. Yeah. Uh, 
you're very right. So we we just try, hey, you know, fo- focus on the majors and the th- the things that 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 uh, scripture is. Um, ambiguous is not the right word, but you know that's what's come to mind. Scriptures are ambiguous about let's 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 be okay to go. Oh yeah, yeah. People say that, so I'd probably be sitting with people and go, yeah, yeah. I know a, a good number of faithful, loving Christians believe that, and that's okay. Um, however, you're right that there are some things that some people feel are are a um, a stumbling block for them, you know. Uh, so things that have come up at our church community, we welcome everyone to have communion. And you know, I've 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 had people you know question me about that. It's like, no, only believers should, uh, or even the fact that we have communion every weekend, uh, the the Lord's uh, the Eucharist every weekend. Some people go, no, we we're, we're not Catholic, we're not this, or oh. Isn't it too often to be honoring um, women in leadership? Uh, you know, we we have uh, women in uh, on our leadership team and uh, women speaking. And, you know, there are some things that we are boldly living out uh, that are a, a stumbling block for some. Um. I'll, I'll be very honest and say some people have left because of that, you know, of, of different things. They've just gone, hey, this is this is one one step too far. Uh, but what I've found is people are willing to continue journeying if they feel they can be heard. And so it's been helpful to meet people over coffee and talk about the contentious issues and go, yep, the church has not agreed on that for generations, <laughs> you know, and and um, and show that you understand the points they're making and how they could arrive uh, at the conclusions they have arrived at. And and in that, when that happens, then they're willing to go. Okay, yet here's what here's where we are as Trinity Vineyard. You know, there's only one time, and this wasn't even in our local context. Um, this was in my national work where I had to say, okay, I I get it, and I I respect the 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 theological journey you've gone through um yet here's where we stand out of also years of 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 theological wrestling with the issue um uh so the, there's only one time that I've had to um really draw the line because I think uh, pastoral leadership requires some of that sometimes yeah for sure yeah yeah. Can't can't just let anything go. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. so that, that theological difference. Something else I thought about um that could be a challenge, just curious about. Um, since your church is like we said before, um 
quite different in a lot of ways from a lot of the other local churches around. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if you have people who get frustrated with their other church or denomination for a personal reason or um, some unresolved issues, and then yeah. they come to your church, yeah. but they're they're coming, you know, from a place of brokenness hurt. and uh, hurt and maybe unforgiveness. Um, is that common? And how do you manage it yeah. if it is? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's quite common. <laughs> how how we've engaged with it depends uh, largely on on the person who's just come in. So it, it's going to be person uh, person to person, and you know how soon we get to to um, encounter them and their story. One thing for sure, if if it is someone who was at a place of leadership at a different local church, um, immediately we just go, hey, uh, it'll be very important uh, that you are released and blessed by the church you just left. I just I just think there's something about it. And we're, there's something about the, the body of Christ uh, learning to um, value relationships and value unity. Um, and maybe that is that is my African upbringing. But even in time uh, when conflict happens and 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 we can no longer resolve. and I, I borrow this from you know when when scripture talks about don't let uh, the sun set down on your anger. like you cannot begin a new season with 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 baggage unresolved from the last one. And maybe someone needs a bit of time to just settle in and heal before they can they can resolve it. Um, so, for people who were in leadership, whether they were just community group leaders or they served uh, Sunday morning up front, um, and and hurt has happened, I would go, hey, I, I think it is important for your own well-being that you leave well. Um, I have found, so that's one end. The, the other thing is I found that people who come praising us uh, you know, right uh, out of the door and telling us stuff about other churches will soon leave and do the same thing. So mm, it's it's okay. often a bit of, yeah, you're welcome, sit with us, and a bit of, mm, mm, you know, listening, because, again, people just want to be listened to, uh, but never participating, especially as a, as, a, as, a, as a leader in this city, never participating in, Oh yeah, yeah, I know that church. They do this, you know, and sometimes even challenging. Going, but but why do you think so? Um, which some people uh, appreciate, and others just go, well, they didn't like me here either. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, I met a lady last week who's just um, transitioning out of our city. I didn't know she she'd been here for over three years. Um, and you know, she uh, so she was coming to say goodbye, and she said, You know, um, 
this has been a place of real healing because she came uh, with a lot of hurt uh, relationally from the last, from whichever church she was in. And so I think there's also the reality that that part of what we do is just be a place of healing and where people just rest and 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 find their footing again uh, before they can they can face what inside them uh, created part of the scenario they were in and what of the people they were engaging in created the other part and where they need to forgive and, and encounter. So those those three things are the things that I I think about in that regard. There's a lot of wisdom there. Um, we're gonna we're we probably should stop soon. We've 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 gone a bit long, oh. but I I uh, I still want to ask you a few more questions. So let mm. let's uh, go on. Um, I I'm just thinking about people listening, especially pastors here in Africa, who mm. want to pursue a more diverse church. Let's say they already mm. have the motivation. Uh, mm. they've they've seen the the call in scripture to reach out to people of all types and they've mm -hmm. seen the beauty of the glimpse of heaven when we have that unity as you were talking about before and they want to get started may mean reaching out to foreigners from western countries or from korea or other places that are living in africa but also mm -hmm. might mean that they want to reach out to people of other tribes they don't want their church to be just people of their tribe they want to reach out yeah. to people of other tribes other languages what mm -hmm. tips can you share with them what advice just imagine that they're listening to you right now what can you tell them as they get started on such a pursuit as a, as a church leader of some kind yeah that's a great question and i think that uh, it's it's also something a friend of mine have been exploring with African immigrant churches in the West. And, and sometimes they end up just being African immigrants. And, you know, what does it look like to live in the same way and, and, and see people of the countries they're in uh, feel welcome? I find that genuine friendship is a big deal. Everyone wants to be seen. Sometimes, so I'm, um, you know, being very, very honest with with us African pastors. Sometimes, especially if the person is from the West, um, we mix our motivations. So yes, we want them to participate in church, but by God, we hope they also, you know, uh, give some money and like. Part of part of leading any organization does include finding resources, but we do not. It would be very unfair. I would feel very unloved if someone met me and all they ever told me is, "Hey, would you buy this for me? Hey, would you buy this for me? Hey, would you? Would you? Would you?" Um, and outside of you know, we could talk about. Uh, language and style and all those other things but i find that those are usually secondary to a genuine invitation to friendship um 
how are you doing? How's your family doing? You're most welcome, please. You know, uh, they people want to be treated as human beings. And of anything else, I would say we should at least start there. Um, I remember when I was taking over this church and people were wondering, could a Kenyan lead a multicultural church? And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you say, uh, I'd say that and people would hear racial connotations, but I'm thinking, no, it's not everything's about race. Of course, there's a bit of that baggage. But in reality, people are asking, will we feel safe? Will we be wanted? Will we be taken for granted, uh, sorry, uh, taken advantage of? Or will we be uh, beloved and, 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 and treated as human beings? So of everything else, before you start talking, uh, thinking about the style and the accessibility of, of the whole liturgy, let's see God's children as exactly that and love them before we ask anything of them. Um, and when, when it comes to people of, of every other tribe that surrounds us, <laughs> We've got to be honest about our own tribal prejudices. And I think it also goes with race. <clears throat> We've got to be honest about our own racial prejudices. Part of the trouble with, with how we're having the conversation around um, uh, race and tribalism is it is such a dirty word, and it is, that we would rather reject it than reflect <laughs> I remember walking down the street one day <clears throat> right after, uh, or was it before, but around the Kenya clashes that happened and I heard a, a, a shop play uh, music in, in a tribal language in the middle of Nairobi. And I just went in a lot of self-righteousness and I said, no, I didn't go to them. It's just in my head. I'm going, can't they see? We need to be united. And this is a, you know, metropolitan city, all that stuff, and it felt right. I, I would have, I would have stood anywhere and argued that. And I uh, heard the Holy Spirit say, "Is that the only reason this is upsetting you?" Um, and I realized it wasn't. We cannot. We've got. It has to start with being honest with where we need to repent about what we've thought and said about people of other tribal groups because we have done it. And maybe if, if I'm more honest, it is a question that we constantly need to be repenting of. And, you know, it doesn't ever stop because the culture has a way of pitting us against each other, our politics, our economics. So to constantly go before Jesus and say, I, uh, show me, show me what's really in my heart. Because until that changes, everything else we put in place to have other people groups come will be um, cosmetic. Then the second thing, it, then it will involve the language. Language is a big deal. Um, if you only conduct your liturgy in your tribal language, especially in a city or a town with several other languages, uh, you've just said to all those other languages, this is not for you. Uh, other people groups, this is not for you. 
Now, of course, like if you're in the middle of a, a mono-ethnic town and you start speaking in English and only 5% of the people there get it, well, that's a bit, you know, it's, it's lost. Like God has, has asked us to join him in what he's doing around us. Um, and so that's not, that locks out so many people around you. But if you're in a place with, with several languages right outside your door, uh, several people groups, the language you use says so much to, to, to um, the people around you. And I, 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 yeah, so those two things would be, would be what I would lead with. Thank you for that advice. I know that people listening will appreciate that. And with that, I think, let me come to my last question. We'll close it out mm. with this. Um, when you're doing this ministry, uh, specifically thinking about the diversity aspect and you get frustrated or you get depressed, mm. um, you're, you're running up against challenges, uh, particularly due to the diversity. Um, what, how, how does God encourage you and keep you going? How does God encourage you and keep you going? And, what scripture passages does God use to really speak to you and inspire you and help you? Hmm. I, some of my close friends are, I, I was, you know, my small friendship, my small group of friends are diverse. So that helps because sometimes you know, when I really just want in a private conversation to say everything I think that I might not ever say on stage and and look at, at people I have called brothers and friends love me uh, it's, and, and even speak truth when I'm probably believing lies has been very helpful. Um, and I... What one of the reasons I'd love to still keep this at at the uh, at the front of my eyes is I really believe God is is bringing beauty in this tension, both in me. So this is not just to have another quote unquote cool church. I really think I have been transformed because of the opportunity God has given me to be part of a cross-cultural church. And it's a witness to the world. And it is also forming us to be the, 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 the church that, that uh, is envisioned in Revelation, every tongue, tribe, and nation. That's why I'm going, I keep going, okay. Okay, we can do it again. Um, yeah and i think so that's what those are the two things that encourage me what i i really would like to and maybe i've said it through the podcast but i hope pastors across the globe whether it's you know here in kenya or elsewhere i i, I want to invite us to consider the possibility, I think it's, I'm convicted it's true, but, you know, I want to invite pastors to consider the possibility 
that diversity is part of the mix needed for our formation, for us to become all that God is, has called us to be. And then to, to consider that, that even uh, that stepping into this will have real, real consequence, both positive and real tension. So it's not a, we'll just jump in and everything will work out. No, there will be real, real beauty and there will be real tension. There will be some really difficult conversations that we're not meant to shy away from. It's, it's, it's part of the forma uh, forming process. And thirdly, to consider that, that our own hearts um, may have things that, that, that God wants to sift uh, through. And diversity is the is the place we get to to see all that come to the surface. And yeah, yeah, wonderful. Thank you so yeah. much, Edgar. We'll we'll close with that. I think that's those are good last encouragements for everybody. Thank you so mm -hmm. much for your time. I uh, really Thank appreciated you. this this conversation. God bless you and and Trinity Vineyard and as you continue forward. Thank you, Anthony, and thank you so much for this invitation. Even for me, just uh, thinking about these things again is, is always an, an encouragement.